0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Spore the Warning podcast. This is review number 671 with our review of Jungle Cruise. I'm Chris Rishnese.
1: And I'm Stephen Miller.
0: And if you're joining us for the first time, the Spore the Warning podcast is a weekly film review program. Each week in the show, we're going to dive in, debate, discuss, and argue over the latest films coming to a streaming platform near you. Um, this week, this is the latest Disney film available with premiere access where you can pay that prize $30. And we are here to talk about it again. Still no theaters but we're still willing to pay top dollar to review films for you
1: guys. Oh, yeah. In, in these trying times, I really just want to support the underdog. So that, that's <laughs> why I'd, I'd rather give my money directly to the Disney Corporation. <laughs> and I still, I think Luna is the only, I, was Soul also not Premier Access? I'm trying to figure out other than, Lu, not Luna, Luka, sorry. Luca. Luca. Yeah. Other than Luca, if I have seen anything on Disney Plus that I didn't pay $30 for.
0: Yeah, I, I don't think movie-wise that is... Yeah, I, I, I wish I could remember about Soul. I'm sure I could just pull up my credit card transactions to find out. But, um, but yeah. Anyways, we're here to talk about this film. Uh, this is based off the ride um, that is, you know, long running at uh, Disneyland. Uh, Steven, do you remember anything about the Jungle Cruise ride? Um, oh, sure. And, and were you fond of it as a kid?
1: Yeah, I mean, I mean... So to tell you the truth, I was not that much of a Disneyland kid. I very quickly became a Six Flags Magic Mountain kid instead. Those are two specific kids. Uh, (laughs) Disneyland is like a, a magical adventure where you just enjoy the atmosphere and you like, it's like fun rides that are meant to dazzle and bring you in a world. And Six Flags is like, this is the real scary shit and i was i was very much in the like i want to go in like the big kid roller coasters asap um but so my time at disneyland it was split between like when i was five years old and my twin brother was afraid of mickey mouse we have a home video of him crying when mickey tried to hug him um and then me returning when i was like a high schooler when my girlfriend would want to go there and it became like cool again to go to disneyland um so from the return, I remembered the jungle cruise ride, and I mainly remember, I remember that the host always has a bunch of puns and a whole lot of banter, and it's supposed to be kind of groan worthy narratives about what life is like on the uh, on the Amazon. Um, and I remember, I believe a hippo jumping out at some point. I don't remember a whole lot of other details about the ride. Um, yeah. But yeah, now ask me about Magic Mountain. I can go on for days, but that's not what we're here to talk about.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I think I was basically in the same camp as you where I, I like, if, if you're talking about uh, theme parks, I'm more of the amusement park um, type mm-hmm. of guy, not the theme park. I will, you know, enjoy the occasional trip to Disneyland. Um, I will enjoy the occasional trip to, like, Universal Studios or something like that. But what I really, really like is those roller coasters. And I think for me, at some point in time... Um, you know, when there's something new, there's a new attraction at Disneyland, it's cool to go and check it out. But like, it was a thing that I, you know, the amount of people there for the experience that you're getting also because we were kind of spoiled, right? We grew up in San Diego. So hopping up to, um, Anaheim to go to Disneyland was like, not that it was, it's not that far of a drive, right? Like 45 right. minutes or something like that. It was like,
1: yeah, it depends yeah. heavily on traffic, but yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah of, it was pretty quick.
0: But it it was like a thing that like – and for Southern Californians, uh, there was like the pass that you bought and then you could just go like, you know, not counting blackout days and holidays and rainy days and all the the times that you couldn't go. Um, You could go all the time, which made it a thing that – became tiresome um anyways all that's to be said that like disneyland was not my favorite park to go to and also when i was going to disneyland the adventure park was not my favorite park to go to like within <laughs> inside of disneyland so i definitely remember being really really little and going on the jungle cruise but literally all i remember is kind of like you i remember uh the 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 tour guide your skipper uh, <laughs> yeah skippy as this movie would say um I remember that guy, and I remember one time, at one point, they pull out a revolver and shoot something that falls from a tree into the water or something yep. like that, um, and that is literally all I remember. Um, you know, of all the uh, ride-to-movie film transitions that you could possibly do, it, it kind of at least makes sense that you would have a jungle, like a Jungle Cruise, it writes itself, right?
1: Right, well, part <laughs> of it, too, is they need it to be, there are plenty of rides at disneyland that are based on properties already and so then transitioning from ride to movie is kind of like double dipping in a way and so if i think about ones that are not based on anything like i don't know i would do a space mountain movie i guess uh they already did a haunted house movie i think with eddie murphy i I remember that um yeah chris makes sense i can i can see it (laughs) (laughs) so one thing i want to ask by the way i should have just looked this up but Typically, like we are Californians, so we know Disneyland. The more popular, I believe, I don't actually have stats for this, but it seems like the more popular place for people who have been to is Disney World, you know, in Orlando. And a lot of rides have equivalents at Disney World. I don't think Jungle Cruise is at Disney World. Like, I feel like that is a Disneyland exclusive, which makes it very specific for them to be making a movie about when only, like, one coast is really familiar with it.
0: Yeah, so the last time I was at Disney World, which was when I was younger, um, I remember going on some sort of safari thing, but in my head I remember it being like a like a truck or something, like you were on a large uh, safari van thing and not, Uh, on a on a boat Uh, so I that's all I remember
1: (laughs) yeah so there is a yeah so they redid the ride at Magic Kingdom in Orlando so at least in preparation for this movie they decided to spread the wealth a little bit okay Um, because my my main understanding of all of the amusement parks in Orlando was that they were like the california ones but had bigger roller coasters and were cooler like universal studios like universal studios california was just like the lot tour and stuff like that and universal studios florida is like a roller coaster that does backflips and shit
0: hey it had backdraft in california that's true
1: yeah you could feel heat it's
0: <laughs> so to the funny to the ride like, we had et yeah
1: no i hear you it's just like there's a whole generation of kids that like knows this one random movie backdraft that like no like no kid would otherwise care about but we all know about the Ron Howard movie because it was like one of the eight rides at Universal Studios (laughs) that is true (laughs) yeah and by Back to the Future you do you mean like the studio tour when we would watch Doc hang from the clock or was there there a ride
0: there there was a there was a motion it was basically Star Tours but you were in a DeLorean There, there was Back to the Future the ride
1: okay I don't remember that I do. I just want to say like Jungle Cruise, if they really wanted it to be theme park feeling, then there needed to be like a bunch of teenagers in front of me that were like boyfriend and girlfriend. were just like waddling, holding each other tight with their hands in each other's pockets and like slowing down the line. That, yeah. that is my main theme park memory from, <laughs> from California. <laughs>
0: <laughs> nice. Cool. Um, well, what do you say, Steve, when we get into our view of Jungle Cruise?
1: Yep, let's do it.
0: Uh, we're gonna take a listen to the trailer for Jungle Cruise, and we're gonna come back and give you a sweet, sweet review.
1: There they are! Frank, follow me! Stop her! Ah! Oh god, sorry, Frank!
0: Sorry, strong form.
1: My name is Dr. Lily Houghton. My brother and I are looking for passage upriver.
0: What's out there in the jungle? It's not a fun vacation.
1: Well, I'm not here for a vacation. Legend has it that there is a tree that possesses unparalleled healing power. It will change medicine forever. And
0: you need someone to help you find it. Here we go.
1: Sometimes it just needs a bit of a
0: Nobody touches my engine but me. What did I just? There you go. <laughs> gonna do this together
1: haven't you been dreaming about adventure
0: she was always chasing after some far-fetched idea This no such thing as curses everything that you see wants to kill you and can do you want to turn back
1: no nope. just getting started <laughs> torpedo. Oh
0: All right. So that was the trailer for Jungle Cruise. Um, It is basically the story of a brother-sister combo um, who are in possession of some uh, maps and a little artifact that are leading them towards this tree that supposedly uh, possesses some sort of magical powers that they want to use in order to cure, you know, the world of all its ailments. And they basically hire the rock to take them down um, this river in the jungle and hopefully find this thing and there might be some other people who also want to find it who might try to stand in their way Stephen miller what did you think of jungle cruise
1: so i know this is a preface i've been putting for a lot of movies lately because i'm just not in theaters so trailers are not put in front of my face and i don't usually seek them out um but i hadn't watched any trailer for this movie at all i was like okay there's a uh you know a movie based on the jungle cruise ride it's starring dwayne johnson and emily blunt whatever i'm gonna see it it's gonna be terrible and it'll be fun to talk about and i'm gonna move on with my life um but i knew nothing about it other than like it is based on the jungle cruise ride which already is like okay what are they gonna do they're gonna make like a bunch of scares is this gonna be like deliverance or something <laughs> like it's gonna be like i don't like, remember
0: what? that for the jungle cruise ride no, I I mean, like,
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, G rated, so you know they'll have to find something else that the uh, the equivalent to hillbillies in the Amazon do to them. But anyway, um, you know, I was like, okay, are they just going to make it a twisty turny adventure on like rapids or whatever? Like, I have no idea. I have no idea what they're going to do with this movie. Um, this movie is so wacky. This movie goes so many unexpected places where it kind of takes like the concept of the ride as the shtick to explain like how to introduce Dwayne Johnson and to get them all on a boat. And then it very directly pierces most of the problematic aspects of the ride in a very like, yeah, we know, we know um let's just acknowledge that we know and then have fun with it and then becomes like a completely zany like fantasy adventure film um i don't even know what to spoil or not because i don't know what people know going in so i'm just gonna assume very little um
0: i mean there's something that's revealed in the middle which nobody has to had to have known because that's definitely not something they would put in the trailers yeah
1: yeah so it it's such a wild, strange movie to have greenlit, and like, I kind of liked it. I, I'm kind of, I'm pro. I think I'm pro Jungle Cruise in this house. My household is pro Jungle Cruise. Um, it, it's like, I I just thought Dwayne Johnson and Emily Blunt are both so fun all the way through. They're just two very charismatic people. It is like. Right from the get-go, the movie is not taking itself seriously at all. Like, Emily Blunt is, you know, trying to steal something, and swords are falling and almost killing people, and Jesse Plemons is doing his, like, crazy Werner Herzog, like, thing. Um, And I was just like, is this movie good? I feel like this movie might be good. And then, like, I was like, okay, but it's going to take me to the cruise, and then I'm going to get, like, just Paul Giamatti doing a, like awkward accent and i'm gonna have to like get into wacky it's gonna become just the wacky disney thing that it always is where it's just like a rollicking adventure in whatever thing they set up and instead it just kept getting weirder and weirder and weirder and jesse Plemons kept getting more and more hammy <laughs> and ridiculous and like I honestly, I think the way they handle, like, we are going to incorporate elements of the ride, like the puns, we are going to call out historical anachronisms, we are going to subvert, as well as we can, some of the more terrible, like, stereotypes that we threw into the ride to begin with, Um, and we are also going to architect a whole universe that gives a completely wild, ridiculous backstory and ties it in with, like, I mentioned Werner Herzog, like, Werner Herzog's first big movie was about Aguirre and this is very clearly like referencing it and I think Jesse Plemons is literally doing a Herzog impression like (laughs) they are just doing so many weird things with this fucking Disney movie based on an amusement park and I enjoyed all of it like I enjoyed myself the whole time it was not great it was not high art there are some things that I think they don't do well they still don't know how to really have a gay character and stand behind that in a meaningful way um they there's a little bit of cowardice in taking some of the problematic aspects of the ride and turning it into kind of Joss whedon like hey do you see what I did there I'm so aware of myself banter like I don't always love how much they like are lampshading all of their things like so many ridiculous things happen where a character goes like whoa wasn't that ridiculous let's talk about it but like I could have done without that kind of style yeah. but overall I had fun, and I was fucking impressed that, <laughs> like, they made a movie about the Jungle Cruise ride that was actually a, like, genuine movie. And, yeah, I Jungle Cruise good. That's my hot take. <laughs> <laughs>
0: so, so earlier today, um, for you, those of you who don't know, um, Stephen and I worked together, and we were on a work call earlier, and you mentioned having not got a chance to watch another film, which I was possibly putting out putting out there as an option for a second review. You said you hadn't watched it. Um and I said, oh it's all right because I don't know if it was worth doing a review on. And then and then Steven made some sort of offhanded comment about, oh, but Jungle Cruise is worth doing a review of. So I was fully expecting to come into this review and have to defend Jungle Cruise against Steven.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I I somehow knew you would like it too and that's why I wanted to throw you off the scent a little bit.
0: Um I think this movie is kind of great. <laughs> uh, I, I, you know, I, I am, I am not a big skip trailer person. I think in the world of um, COVID, as I've adapted to it and having to, you know, just figure out what we're going to do a review of, um, basically Friday night. <laughs> um, I, I have, I have kind of got out of the habit of actively seeking out trailers unless they're things that like. Everybody's talking about, like, there's a new trailer for a Marvel thing or whatever, but just normal, average, everyday, uh, films or something that I didn't care too much about. You know, there's a bunch of times where, like, the trailer would pass through my feeds in some way and I just never clicked on it because I was like, I don't care. I know I'm probably, I'm going to watch it when it comes out for the podcast. It'll be fine. Um, but I actually was pretty impressed, um, by where <laughs> this film goes. Um, the amount of, Effort it puts into its visuals in various different places, um, and how dark this film is at times. Like, I, yeah. I, I was really kind of just impressed this is like, this is like a movie. Like, there's a lot happening. Like, this, this is a long film, but it doesn't feel long because you go on kind of an epic journey. It, it, it's, it's, I mean, in theory, it's a very simple film, right? You get on a boat, you go down the river, and, uh, maybe you take a shortcut through some rapids, and then you arrive at a thing and you do a task. But a lot happens in this film, and there's a lot of people invested in what everybody's going through. Like, like you know, there's, there's people who also want what um, the the brother-sister combo are after. Um, there might be other people near it, around the boats or around the river yeah. that also want it. There might be other people who may have possessed it at some point in time in the past. You know, like, there, there's a lot going on. And the actual adventure b- is really, really fun. Like, it kind of, in a way, reminds me of... Of the animated film Tintin, Tin, right? Like, just like those adventures that they go on in that film, it has that kind of big, like all the little set pieces are really big in scope, even though they're like confined to this tiny boat stuck on the river. Um, I, <laughs> I love everything that Jesse Plemons is doing. In this film. Oh yeah, <laughs> it is so amazing. Like, it's stupid overall, right? Like, like the, the, the there's two things I really dislike about this film. One is that scene you joked about where um, Emily Blunt knocks the swords off the thing because she had no expectation that wasn't going to kill those people. Right.
1: (laughs) Like, I know. I love that because right away I was like, okay, this movie doesn't care. This movie is just going to make people like almost die all the time and it won't matter.
0: But it was just like one of those things where it's like she's just trying to distract. And she knocks swords off that, like, stab into the ground all the way around a person. And it's not cartoony enough where, like, they were laying on the ground and it, like, fell in an outline around their body. Like, it wasn't cartoony enough for me to be like, okay, this is just dumb and cartoony. It was like, that was wholly irresponsible. And I can't believe she did that just to try to sneak out of a window. Um, And the second thing was, there's no way a fucking German sub can make it through that river.
1: It can if you believe in it. (laughs) I loved the sub. I loved that. that, I was like, what are we watching?
0: (laughs) I loved that the sub existed, but there's one particular scene where the sub does this like 180 degree turn and is chasing people in a river. And I'm like, that's so dumb. That's so dumb. There's no like there's no way you can maneuver a submarine like that. (laughs)
1: i just, i love while the sub is hunting them too and they're arming the torpedoes he's like regaling everyone and like singing a german like brattle cry- song together like jesse Clemens yeah. is so great in this movie and i don't know who told him he's allowed to do this in a disney movie <laughs> yeah
0: it was it was just pretty amazing um and besides that obviously you know uh the, the rock and enemy blunt have amazing chemistry in this film um yeah i i'm a fan of dad jokes so all the puns on the boat were were like totally i was vibing on that i was having fun i was ch- chuckling a little bit but i also really really like their interaction together just the the like he's obviously like the boat expert and she but she's also like sort of the like surprising him um with like how proficient she is at everything that she's doing and i, I really like their the dynamic and how they played off each other and i just thought like the entire, like, even the brother who is, who starts off as sort of a punchline begins to come into his own in the story. And like, you actually care for him as a, he's a character who isn't just supposed to be like the one who brings all the luggage on the boat, um, who, who like follows in the shadow of his sister. He begins to have his own sort of like, you know mini arc that isn't really explored enough but like he at least becomes a fun part of the gang as well like i am 100 percent on board with all kinds of jungle cruises like i want to see <laughs> the three of these people get on jungle boats and go do stuff adventures uh, throughout time like like i i'm totally on board for this um so yeah i, I had a lot of fun with the film and i was kind of like you as well like just as the film progressed i was like man I think I'm kind of vibing on this movie. This is pretty great. And he, even like even when he gets to to the to the backstory uh, thing, um, we have talked in other films, um, the Netflix film, uh, the people who've been alive for like a thousand years fighting people. What was the movie? Oh, the, yeah, sure.
1: Um Fuck by the person who made Love and Basketball. Um,
0: is Guardians in the title?
1: Uh, y- it is the old guard. Old
0: guard. The old guard. As close a little bit, but I like, can remember in the old guard there's that there's that story about like the person like putting encasing the person in a tomb and dumping them in the water, and then them drowning, coming back to life, drowning, coming back to life, drowning, coming back to life for all eternity
1: like that, I, I, was I like, never saw the old guard, but I heard about it okay
0: well <laughs> well, there is a scene where they that's like so the old guard they are these people they've been around forever, you can kill them, and then they sort of revive and come back to life so when people realized that they couldn't stop them from being revived after they die, they literally entombed this person who is in in a backstory and dumped them in the water inside of this tomb. So they're just for all eternity drowning, reviving themselves and instantly drowning over and over and over for all eternity. And that was like mm-hmm. such a frightening image in my head. And I and I I was both uh excited by and sort of terrified by the um the, the curse that is on these things that are in the jungle, um, the way that a character traps them in a place, uh, I was like, mm-hmm. man, that's so fucking smart. And also that is terrifying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, I, but, but like this film just runs the gamut of being hilarious at times and being actually pretty intriguing. Um, and I just, I, yeah, I found this film really fun.
1: And, and it's like, it's doing so much and it is very clever about it. And like, it's piling on too many things, arguably like Mm -hmm. there is the initially, I would say Paul Giamatti is the villain, or at least is framed to be the villain of the movie. And then we have another villain and then we have other villains on. and, And it's like, it's like they do the Indiana Jones thing where like the heroes are going to try to get somewhere, but someone else is following them for their own evil ends, but they do it like repeatedly. Yeah. And it somehow is very streamlined and doesn't feel convoluted and you can follow all of it very easily. Like I'm, I'm just impressed by how tightly they managed to script this ridiculous thing that feels like they probably only did it so they could cram more, like, characters and situations into this two-hour movie to make it entertaining for kids or something. But, like, it works really well. Like, when I compare this to, like, the third act of Up or something like that, like, I feel like this handles the zany in a way more coherent way than, like, some Pixar movies do when they lose the thread at the end. Like, Like, this, I really felt like you are telling me a complete story... There's going to be a character arc. I'm going to care about what happened to people. It is going to be wildly ridiculous, and I'm going to want to watch like three more movies just like it.
0: Yeah, and 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 like it's 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 hitting that balance so perfectly because there's literally scenes in this film where there are bees who are flying up and down to say yes and left and right to say no. Yeah, and it doesn't feel out of place and dumb. I'm just like, yeah, yeah, talk to those bees.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, and Jesse Plemons is just like very seriously shouting at them in German English. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. I I cannot stress how much I loved everything Jesse Plums is doing in this movie. I had so much fun with his whole character. Yeah. My like, if I can do some criticisms, um, one I mentioned before that Disney yet again has trouble doing the openly gay character thing and doing it well. Um, I don't know if it's a spoiler to say who it is like i don't remember what if like that has come out about the movie already or not i, I mean um, i think it's
0: fine to talk about it. it's not it's not treated as a reveal in the story yeah. it's treated as like a character piece for that character to to have a chance to talk about it
1: yeah so so basically the character mcgregor uh emily blunt's brother in in the movie yeah is a he is revealed as gay he doesn't say that word he says like His parents wanted him to be married, but his interests lay elsewhere. But, like, the movie is winking. Like, Disney wants to do the thing where, like, we pick up on it, but also they didn't alienate whatever, like, focus on the family group was going to come um, after them if they used the word in the movie. But, like, they did that better than most. Like, this is a lot better than having, like, one of those retcons of, hey, there's a two-minute scene where we hint that someone in Beauty and the Beast is gay or whatever. yeah, Yeah, Like. They do that, but all the buildup to this character has been, like, he is a prissy, fancy lad who doesn't, like, he carries too much luggage, and he doesn't want to do anything cool, and he's high maintenance. Like, they're, like, they're making the first open, and they are going to subvert that later. Like, the character is going to have a, like, cool arc to him, but it just felt weird that, like, the first time they try to, like, really make it be open, they are, like, Front loading it with all of the most like effeminate stereotypical things that, like, yeah, I don't know. I know. it just felt like an odd choice to do that to that character. It seemed like, I don't know, reveal who he is and then reveal his character and then have it get usurped. Like, the order just felt kind of strange to me there because it left it kind of like, oh, this is your representation. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, but again, like, they turn him around, like, they, he winds up getting cool stuff to do, and everyone in this movie, you know, grows. in the the end um
0: there there was there was a small moment in time where i was where i where i already passed the point of being like really disney you can't just like say it you got to pretend there was a moment in time where with the lore related to the task the way it was written i was like man what if he ends up with jesse Plemons' character (laughs) and like and that is the way they solve the
1: riddle (laughs) and i was like oh my god is disney gonna do this and then i was like oh no not even close (laughs) that would be that would be impressive um yeah let's see i already mentioned that like mostly the movie does a good job of underlining its own ridiculousness i do feel like they leaned on that a little too hard in places there were times where i felt like it would have been more enjoyable if they just played it straight and instead they always kind of deflate it by like having everyone be in on the joke yeah. Uh, Dwayne Johnson and Emily Blunt, their chemistry is so good and they're both just two like charisma machines, so it doesn't matter. Like they power through all of that anyway. Yeah. But it does uh, again, there were times when I was like, all right, you don't have to weed in this. Like you can just like do the thing. It it'll probably be better. Um Yeah, I don't I don't know what else to criticize. Like I felt like they did a really fucking good job with this ridiculous yeah. movie.
0: And and one of the things too, if I can compare two Uh, Dwayne Johnson films that were based off a property which had a moment where they tried to like harken back to the original thing Um, you compare this to uh, uh, to doom right in doom (laughs) the rock there's a moment where the film goes into first person. And you are seeing just the gun's point of view of the film. And it's supposed to be like, right, like a video game. You just see the gun. Um, I didn't actually see Doom, but I remember that being featured in one of the trailers. And it was like, yeah. that earns you nothing. Like, nobody in the audience who is there just to see the rock blow stuff up, who didn't play Doom, is going to go like, oh, yeah, like a video game. It's first person. Right. But in this film, the hearkening back to the ride is him just captaining the boat with patrons that have paid to take a tour and him doing yeah, the dumb he's jokes. literally giving a ride yeah basically. yeah so it's like it's it, it, and, and going through like the backside of water and shooting the things and have them fall on the thing and like you know the the headhunters coming like it's it's calling back to the ride in a way that works in the universe of what you're watching and doesn't make you just go like okay cool you're doing the thing now so yeah. I had, I had fun it with calls that.
1: back to the ride in the way where even if you have not been on the ride like Joanna hadn't like this. This is why I at least believe it wasn't a Disney world because she wasn't familiar with the ride at all. She picked up right away that they're calling back to the ride because they're putting him on a ride. Like they're letting you all in on the joke and they're letting you all kind of know, Oh, I bet this is what you're doing. I bet there was a hippo involved. I bet there was like treatment of a group of headhunters. That wasn't good. Like, like you kind of can just tell from what he is doing. They give you enough context to know what they're riffing on in a way that I think it just really, uh, clever and well done and it's kind of infuriating because it makes disney invincible they can just like point out their <laughs> own shortcomings and be like ha remember when we did that anyway here's the rock um, <laughs> but it does work like, at, yeah. like i don't know what to tell you it uh, it works quite well
0: yeah i i will say sorry i i didn't mean to back out of uh criticisms i will say if i have to do one criticism i think paul giamatti is the weakest
1: part of this entire movie oh he doesn't need to be there for sure
0: yeah i i like it scared me a little bit at the beginning of the film when it was heavily featuring him and i was like man is this gonna be like the whole movie because i'm not really on board for this and then i forgot about him once they like leave him back on the dock
1: yeah i uh i will say i as with many movies one problem with me watching it at home is it gives me license to do the thing that is always in my heart in a theater which is to lean over and make my plot prediction to joanna <laughs> um <laughs> and there was a moment in this movie where i leaned over and made my plot prediction about what is driving dwayne the rock johnson's character and i've never been more wrong in my life about any prediction <laughs> <laughs> this movie definitely stumped me <laughs> it, uh, yeah this did not give me enough information to go on.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, that, that, that's why I was saying earlier. I was like, nobody's going to know that from the trailer. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, any last things to talk about with this film, Stephen?
1: No, I think that the, the only thing I'll mention, and I did not do any research on this, um, but it did seem, at least from the credits, that they made an effort to have, like, a lot of like latinx people i don't know if they were actually south american or not but involved in the making of this movie which again maybe those are baby steps but for a giant monster like disney it seems like a step in the right direction at least um so that like cause sometimes you watch movies like this and then you see the credits and like it's just a bunch of like you know white people names and you're like okay okay, <laughs> okay i get it you like you cast a couple actors who were like you know vaguely ethnic and then you want us to get away like ignore everything else but this it really did feel like they said like we are going to retcon the ride and as penance for some of the things the ride does terribly we are going to hand over the reins to other people and let them tell the story instead and like it maybe it's just a pr stunt like and they're again whitewashing their history but it worked on me like it made me be like okay i'm i'm sufficiently won over by this movie (laughs)
0: Cool. Um, well, Steven, what do you say we get to our verdicts? Sure. If you're going to give us a must-see, recommend with a caveat, wait for it until past for the caveat, or a must-avoid, what would you give it?
1: I am giving this movie a recommend with a caveat. And honestly, I can't really remember why it's not a must-see, because I've been so, so high on it. I I'll, just, tell you,
0: I'll tell you why. $30.
1: <laughs> $30 is part of it. Also, the obvious grading on a curve that I'm aware of, which is like this is an amusement park ride turned into a movie obviously everything is like a little plastic and a little manufactured and Dwayne Johnson like the whole shtick is clearly like a formula which is not like my favorite thing in the world but yeah I had a lot of fun I had a lot of fun caveat like be prepared for a ridiculous over-the-top very dumb movie Uh also caveat don't expect it to feel like a kid's movie in the way that these normally would this does not feel like a kid's movie at all this feels like I don't even know what it is. I do not know what I watched. But I, but I liked <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah,
0: um, it's a it's a really big recommend with a caveat for me. Um the only caveat really, I think, is that that price point. Um like like I had so much fun with this movie, but I would be like, Man, if I if I convince you to watch this movie and you spend thirty dollars then you hate it, <laughs> then I would yeah. feel really, really bad. Um but but i am but i had an amazing uh time with it and and it just it just goes to show you you can actually make movies based off rides so yeah maybe one day we'll get lucky and they'll make a movie based off of that indiana jones ride
1: <laughs> yeah yeah maybe we'll finally get some magic mountain based rides like man what if they did a superman movie <laughs> what about riddler's revenge <laughs> but yeah
0: that's going to do it for our review of Jungle Cruise, which is so good I almost forgot the title of it. Uh Stephen Miller, if people want to find you throughout the week, where can they do that?
1: If people want to find me, they can go to twitter.com slash sdave miller or sdave miller.com.
0: People can find me at christopherinreallife.com or twitter.com slash Christopher You can find the podcast over at the spoilerwarning.com where you can get a bunch of the back episodes of the show. Yeah, if you want to subscribe to the show, you can do so on Overcast, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever podcasts are found. If you want to know when the episodes go live, you can follow us at twitter.com slash warning, facebook.com slash Warning, or instagram.com slash Warning. If you want to get a hold of us directly, you can send an email to fans at thespoilerwarning.com, or you can use the contact form on our site. Music for this episode will come from the soundtrack to Jungle Cruise, so hopefully you were enjoying that. And uh, we'll be back next week with a review of something that we'll pick out Friday. (laughs) (laughs) Amen. And, uh, yeah, thanks for listening, and we will see you next time.
1: Bye. Bye.